Today's episode is going to be part one of a three-part series with Hakan Linfredi. Remember, Hakan was a previous guest on my show, Table Talks. He is an executive board member of the Deucement Group, a global company making huge innovations and technology advancements in their company. So he has a lot to say, and I invited him back on the show for a three-part series. Today's part is going to be talking about leadership. Get ready for a great episode. Remember, you can listen to all my episodes, guys, at my website, hello my name is josh.com. That's hello my name is josh.com. If you like my content, please share with your friends. And if you really want to help, please write me a five-star review. This will help get my message and messages like Hakan's to more and more people, and we can help more and more people grow and develop. That's my mission and that's my goal. Now, before we get to the show, a few words. How would you love to fuel your body with the right things so that you can potentially extend your life 10 to 15 years, reverse the aging process, avoid life-threatening diseases, which may include cancer, Alzheimer's, dementia, heart attack, lose weight permanently, and not have it yo-yo back up and down? Are you looking for superfoods for super results? Well, these foods are non-GMO, have no artificial anything, no binders, no fillers, no herbicides or pesticides. These foods help you reclaim your vitality. Tammy eliminated the pain from her back and was able to walk three miles again. Steve was glad he was introduced to a glyphosate solution. My name is Michael Campbell. You can text live foods to 321-209-6091. Again, text live foods to 321-209-6091. Hey everyone, Josh here from On the Road Again with Josh. Say I hope you're loving my new show. And did you know that I record my show using Anchor? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you about it real quick and why I love it. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Number one, it's free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. I did mine right from my phone, actually. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership everything you need to make a great podcast all in one place download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started that's a-n-c-h-o-r.fm and get started today and now back to the show Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Success Show channel. I'm your host, Joshua Kangley, with another episode of Table Talks. Hey 
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Table Talks, and I'm your host, Joshua Kangley, with another great episode. I'm very excited today because we have a returning guest. Mr. Hakan Linfredi is back on the show with us today. You might remember the first episode, initially he was on talking about the Deuceman Group and everything that they're doing with innovation and technology in the FM market. So I'm just super excited. After that show, uh, Hakan and I talked and we thought what a great idea it would be to create this three-part project in which we come on the show and we'll discuss a topic. And today's topic is gonna be all about leadership and what better person to have on the show about leadership than Hakan. So I'm super excited to talk about this topic with him today. And then we will have updates as we go on the next two topics. So uh, stay tuned for those. Without further ado, Hakan, welcome back on the show. Hello, Josh. I'm very pleased to be back on the show and I'm looking forward to our today's table talk. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm super excited because I really love talking about leadership. Um, it's, it's an important topic to me and in what I do. And so a lot of these questions and a lot of these points that we're going to hit on today are going to be super valuable to me. And I'm just honored to have you back on the show to talk about these, these topics because I think we can really provide a lot of value here and a lot of great content for our audience. So again, thank you for being on. And so now guys, you guys remember from last episode that that Hakan was on, he was talking about the Deuceman Group. And of course, Hakan is executive board member there. He's gonna bring some great knowledge and background to this topic. So today's topic, like we said, is leadership. Hakan, I'm gonna ask, I'd like to ask you, what are the most important values that you demonstrate as a leader? Well, Josh, there are, of course, uh, several, but in particular, there are four core leadership values that really resonate with me the most. And the first one is authenticity, which you demonstrate really by consistency and transparency in your actions. The second one is the integrity, and you demonstrate that by trustworthiness, by keeping promises and fulfilling the expectations of your counterparts, your teams, in the organization. That's really, really essential. The third one is respect. You demonstrate that by respecting others, you know, regardless of potential differences, and you have to treat each other or others with dignity. This is really, really important. And last but not least, of course, the one that, that uh, I also think is, is very crucial is the making of a difference. That means that you do not only uh, do it by personal efforts rather than positively impacting individuals in the organization. That's really, really important. Yes, uh, thank you, Akan. And you know, we all have different leadership styles and management styles. And this is exactly something I was just thinking about the other day with my team and something that I'm actually going to be approaching them about. And so for me, this is going to be valuable. Um, you mentioned those four core values. And just, so I guess what I'm asking you is some of us, you know, well, we all have different leadership and personalities and management styles. Do you think that these four values, which are important, will create with them a framework 
in, in which to manage through their specific management style? Yeah, I, I really I really believe that because um, I think it is important that you gain commitment from your team or from your teams. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're doing, it is not solely uh, uh, related to, let me say, uh, industrial uh, teams or, or, or let me say, what we do, facility management, services and all of that. This is across all industries and, and across all organizations. And mm-hmm. as you know, I am leading international and virtual teams with individual, cultural, and also a multidisciplinary background. And living these core leadership values really builds trust and gains commitment. And this, in combination with a realistic target setting, and that means no micromanagement, yeah, but, but empowerment of the team, gets the team leaders and the team members really committed to what they are doing. And this is then a, a good thing that they can deliver their results. Mm-hmm. And this is the basis for that. And so, you mentioned uh, gaining commitment from your team. How have you gained commitment from your team? This is exactly by living the four core values um, and this is, it, it sounds easy, but in reality, sometimes it is not. But as I said, respect and integrity, these are really, from my perspective, the, the most important uh, things that you, that you have to demonstrate to your team. And um, as I said, if you want their commitment, yeah, you really have to get the team on board. They have to trust you, they have to believe you that you are not just telling a story that you really that you're really behind that and also that you have to give them the space to breathe to to do the job individually because there's not only one way to do some things and this is once they understand that and they understand that you are really behind them and behind your idea they really give you the commitment to uh, fulfill the tasks mm-hmm. And you know, when we're talking about different leadership styles, what is your style, how do you lead, and what is your leadership style that you use? Josh, I am working very close with my teams, but, and, and I think this is, um, this is a border that you should never cross. I do not micromanage them. What I do, in fact, is we have frequently also multidisciplinary meetings, and that ensures that we have an open discussion, which is extremely important because the exchange of information is, from my perspective, the key. In those meetings, you know, we are sharing our ideas and we also develop the strategies in order to reach the targets that I set, of course. And this demonstrates my commitment and support to the team and, and to the tasks, but gives them, as I said, sufficient space to work individually i really try to avoid that closed door management style you know as we say also the the old school management style this top-down approach Mm -hmm. i am in favor of an open door policy so my employees they know that they can freely approach me whenever they need advice or there's the necessity for exchange of information yes i i have to agree there and 
you know, let me bounce something off of you and, and you can kind of tell me if you agree or if I'm, if I'm getting the right message here. So you mentioned micromanagement and I am definitely not a micromanager. I believe in, what, this is what I do. I, I believe in, I, so we hire the team for a reason, right? We do our due diligence, we hire people, we get them on board, staffed up for a reason, this talent that we're looking for. And so what I do is I put all the trust up front and then it's, like you said, open door. It's, uh, you know, no micromanagement. We set targets. We set goals. And let's let's achieve that. How are, we gonna, how are we going to achieve them? Is that kind of what you're talking about, too? Yeah, exactly. This is, this is how you can, can achieve it, if I uh, understood your question uh, correct. Uh, so I believe it is important, as you said, we have to do the due diligence. And then you trust them, of course, and you give them the trust, your trust up front. So, and you do it right that you do not micromanage them. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end, of course, they have to deliver. This is also clear. But, I mean, it is, it is always uh, also in, in not only one way. Yeah? So, if you trust them, they have to gain, uh, you have to gain uh, their trust, of course. Mm -hmm. And this interaction uh, can, has to be developed. And once it is in place, then I think you have a really, really good working team. The disadvantage, of course, is to have to know who is coming. And, and one wrong decision can also create a lot of tension within the team. So. Mm -hmm. That's why, I mean, you are also a leader and this is why you have the skills uh, or the skill set to choose your employees, your team members in the correct way. How can leaders fail? And give us an example of, of that. Oh, yeah, I can do that. You know, I am meeting in my day-to-day -day business a lot of leaders or, let me say, board members like CEOs, COOs, CFOs and... and um, you know, everybody is convinced that she or he is, of course, a good leader and manager because they are in the position, they are board members, and, and for sure they have their success and, and the results, it's all fine. But, uh, and, and it's also definitely not my task to make any judgment, I just want to point that out. But in reality, you can see very often that some of them, they do not communicate efficiently mm with their teams. And as a result of that, they start to micromanage. And then, and this is even worse, start to interfere the day-to-day -day business of the organization. And what happens is, is that the individuals, they become insecure and they start to wait for a kind of instructions from the top management before they do anything. Mm. And then you have a paralyzed organization I think this is the worst that can happen. And um, I think this is unfortunately in, in, in a lot of, um, this is unfortunately becoming more and more the issue that people do not communicate efficiently with each other. And then, as I said, they jump in and they waste their time by doing the work of the team. And this is not correct. This mm -hmm. is a mistake. It's not sustainable. Um, I've seen it in action myself, and it's one of the very first things I really strongly drive into the team is like, look, we need to communicate. There has to be communication, and you know, 
with communication, there's some different things there. So, you know, there has to be, so the team has to know a direction, an overall direction, a vision, a goal of where we're headed, of what we're doing, the re, you know, the reasons why, the purposes. And then it should also be cascaded back up, I think, to so that, like you were saying earlier, there's this communication and this fostering of ideas. And so that way we can kind of he, see what's going on uh, at the front lines, so to speak. And, and what are some things that we need to address and be aware of? So there's all kinds of things in communication that are so important. And I think that you hit on it so well, like with effective communication, you can uh, you can fix the problem of micromanagement. So how do we effectively communicate? What are some, how do, what does that look like? What does effective communication look like to you, Hakan? So I think an effective communication is that you set the targets because you have to set also the strategy. Once you do that, and this is how you also lead to changes. Yeah? Um, once you do that, you have to gather the, the, the core team and to bring your idea very close to them so that they really, that they really understand what you want. And this is not done with one meeting or with two meetings. You have to do that, as we always say, in a kind of roadshow. Yeah? And, and, and then once this is very clear, you define uh, the, the different projects and address the task then to the team. When this is also in place, then you have to really go and talk to the team to communicate, to ask for the results. But as I said, not in terms of micromanagement that you go into the smallest details, but sometimes, you know, the boundary conditions change. You know that as the, the team uh, leader or the, the, the head of the organization, but you cannot be sure that the team itself or each team member knows about that changes because they're following up the targets that have been set. So once you realize that a change needs to be implemented again, or let me say a strategy or a task, a project needs to be adjusted, then you have to come back and again to communicate properly and to explain why. because. To be honest, Josh, do you like to work on something where, do you, where you do not understand the background or the reason for a change? I think you don't like that. No. At least I wouldn't do. <laughs> so this is the reason why I say you have to do that. And, and just imagine there are uh, studies. Um, let me ask you one question before I, before I sure. uh, continue. <laughs> do you have an idea how many major... Uh, change initiatives or programs fail? Quite a bit, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite a lot. Let me, let me tell you, the latest studies on this topic, and this is by, by done by top-range uh, HR consulting firms, yeah? these studies reveal that over 70% of such change programs fail. Wow. And can you imagine what's the reason for that high percentage? It's really, really very simple, but extremely underestimated. It is really the lack of communication of mm. the vision by the decision makers, so the top management, because they believe what they know is clearly 
it can be clearly seen by everybody and they talk maybe to one or two persons in the organization and believe that everything is communicated in a proper way and it is not so my answer that is very simple is really communication 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 mm-hmm. pretty astounding figures 70 percent um and like I said, this is relevant to me right now because the organization that I'm in is experiencing a lot of change. And, um, you know, as you know, uh, change is necessary in business and in organizations. It's necessary for growth. How can I lead my team through this change right now that is happening? And let's just say there is a breakdown of communi- or there has been a breakdown of communication. What can I do as a leader to lead through this change? Of course, if you reach the status of the state that um, there is a breakdown of communication, uh, first of all, what I would do, uh, what you should do then is to, to fix it again so that the communication between uh, the team member is uh, working again. So, because this is, as I said, from my point of view, really, really essential. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, then you have to see what are the changes. And sometimes, and, and, and maybe you also consider that already, or the other um, uh, leaders which are also listening to the table talk here, they also consider that sometimes maybe we even have to change the strategy that means that you stop the current project or the current task that you're working on because it might not be even correct mm-hmm. based on the based on the changes that, that, that might come from from i don't know the customer doesn't want the one or the other thing anymore whatsoever because this is also a thing that uh, that is really problematic in our society people think that if you stop a project which might be already running for one two three four months that this is a kind of failure so they, they, they didn't work correctly and, and they will get the blame for that and so on mm-hmm. and this also shows exactly what good leadership is that you do exactly the right thing that you stop or you adjust and that you also communicate to your team that this is not to blame or there will be no blame for anybody because you have to do it mm-hmm. and why you do it and then they will follow you again. And this is how I lead through changes. Doing the right thing is something too that I strongly believe in. Doing the right thing every time. And that's how you build integrity. That's how you build a team that trusts you, that feels safe, and that's gonna be behind you and uh, helping you achieve these targets. So absolutely, you know, this is great information. And again, I'm just so excited to be talking with you about this because it is so relevant. And I know there's a lot of leaders out here listening who can really get some value from this and impact their teams as well. So here's another important question for me because I strongly believe in mentorship. I've had a lot of mentors along my way. Um, I still do today, actually. Have you ever been a mentor to another aspiring leader? And how did you go about establishing that relationship? First of all, Josh, I really love to hear that you are a friend of mentorship, mm-hmm. that you are doing that. That is, that is great because nowadays a lot of leaders don't want to do that anymore because they are totally busy and um, believe that people have also to learn things by doing. So 
But to answer your question, yes, I have been a mentor to several aspiring leaders. It is definitely not easy to establish such a relation that, that can later on also create an open and transparent atmosphere because this is something that you need to develop in order to act as a mentor. Otherwise, I mean, you will be a kind of role model for, for uh, the aspiring leader. Now they're looking, what, is, what are you doing? So, and um, this is crucial for any successful mentorship program. So what I do is I set targets and establish monthly meetings where we review the progress, we discuss areas of improvement, and we also celebrate achievements because it is very important to define also achievable targets and to establish quick wins. Mm-hmm. I believe that this is relevant to keep and to use the momentum of aspiration to reach the long-term targets in the mentorship. Yes, I am a very big fan of mentorship and mentoring. I haven't um, been so much on the mentoring part of it as so much as a person who's really... Um, and, and it's interesting how they develop, uh, but I have had the, the blessing of having some great mentors in my life who've, who've shown me some great things and I still take with them what I've learned today. And I think it's super important and I really um, would encourage anyone listening and, and uh, those people out there, like you said, leaders who think they're too busy, really to take the time to, you know, to find somebody out there who they could l- really learn from and kind of uh, go under their wings a little bit and, and develop that relationship. It's a great, great tool and resource that you can uh, take with you forever. So. It's awesome that you are doing that for other people, Hakan. Very awesome. Yeah, I think this is also great. If you see the success afterwards, when people are growing within your organization and under your leadership, mentorship, and after a certain time, you know, you give them bigger tasks and they manage to do it and they manage to do it in a way where you really can see one or two years before, they would have not been capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is um, the best reward that you can get for doing that. And of course, this is also great because it helps you in your day-to-day business to achieve the results that you want to achieve with the company, <laughs> for the company, that's clear. But but it's a, it's a let me say, triple win situation. And yes. It's so great. And it's really, really, really um, exciting. Yes, it is. It really is. And rewarding, too. Yeah, definitely. Another important question that I know a lot of us deal with, um, and I'm sure everyone listening can relate to this, uh, conflict. Conflict happens, um, and we sometimes struggle on how to resolve this, or how do we approach this and deal with it. So how do you go about resolving conflict? First of all, when I am aware of a conflict, of course, I have to distinguish between the conflict where I am involved directly or indirectly, or the conflict between two parties where you can also act as a mediator. Yeah? So what I always try is I, I, I try to get as much information before I enter into any any discussion in order to get a clear understanding of the issues. Because once you know and once they are identified, 
then you can or I can think about possible solutions, how I would like to have the issues resolved. Uh, and, and once you do that, then you also can do kind of ranking where you say, okay, what is a, a, a nice to have solution? What is a minimum solution? So your aspiration level, you know, and, and you also your, your, your bottom line where you say, okay, if I don't reach that, I walk away or they might walk away. And then I do the same also from the perspective of the counterpart. Mm. And Josh, you would be surprised in how many conflicts people want a similar outcome and, and they have similar ideas, yeah, but, but they, they do not talk to each other. Mm -hmm. yeah? and, and that gives you then the chance uh, that you also see that there's sufficient room for reasonable compromise. Yeah? And this is the point then where I start to interact with my counterparts if I have a conflict or um, uh, to resolve the conflict uh, um, as, a, as a mediator, yeah. So, so I try to help to find a settlement. Mm -hmm. And again, it, it, like you said, it goes back to communication. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, there are so many. There are so many conflicts where people believe that the counterpart has a different opinion, and and then you see that, that they have some some. Uh, for, for, for the, the, the aim, the target that they, that they aim, or the, the issue where they discuss about, yeah, that it is really, if you see the solution, both of them come then with ideas which are congruent. So it is really, not always, but, but, but very often really a matter of, of communication and proper communication mm -hmm. with respecting the other party and maybe the different way that people have, not only cultural. And this is essential. Now, here's another one that's going to be relevant for me too. You know, in a fast-paced environment, mm -hmm. sometimes it can be hard to focus and achieve objectives. So, how do you achieve objectives in a fast-paced environment? Um, I do it in the way that once the targets of the object objectives are defined, I do a certain breakdown. Uh, the granularity should not be too high, but of course you need to uh, have uh, projects or subdivided projects that you then initiate. And once there is a change, you have to adjust. This is what we discussed even, even before uh, in our table talk here. But sometimes there is even no change, but you need to speed up because another competitor is coming up to the good idea and he's implementing that and, and, and launching uh, solutions to the market and then again and, and, and sorry for repeating myself over and over it's really the communication that people that the team understands we have to do something so their commitment we come back to that because once they are committed they work much more efficient and they are able to really bring now, pardon my language, but, but to bring the group on the street, you know, to make things happen. Mm. And make, you have to make fast decisions. This is also something a lot of people are afraid of making decisions without very, very deep uh, analysis. But sometimes you have to do that. Otherwise, you are the obstacle and the bottleneck and that doesn't work. And this is how we do it. We make decisions and um, we also have the courage 
to to uh, to say okay this decision was not correct so we have to uh, make another vow to find the right way how to deal with it and, and uh, to find the right mitigation measures but i think so far it worked in let me say 95 percent of the cases that we had um when we when we were talking um about changes in, in uh, uh, changes of, of achievement of objectives in fast-paced environment quick to change uh, is super important I agree a hundred percent and you know you shined a lot of light today on important leadership qualities and things that we can do as leaders to gain some skills to hone in on our skills and become better leaders and I really appreciate you being on the show today Hakan and talking about leadership it was a pleasure because it's really leadership is an exciting topic and um, we could talk uh, several hours over that and, and it's really amazing and I totally enjoyed our talk today because you asked exactly the right questions so that shows that you are also a leader um, because you know what you're talking about and uh, thank you very much and I'm looking forward to the next show to be there with you. Yes, I am looking forward to the next show as well. So everyone stay tuned because we're going to continue this three-part series with Akon and Freddy on, the, on a later show as well. So we'll be continuing another important discussion. So stay tuned for that. Well, thank you again, Hakan, for being on the show today. Thank you, Josh. Everyone, that was Hakan Lenfredi. And if you remember, he is an executive board member of the Deucement Group. He was on a previous episode on Table Talks. And as was said earlier, he has so much to offer as a leader that I really wanted to get him back onto the show. And so we agreed to do this project, which, a, which is a three-series project. And today was all about leadership. And I think leadership is such an important topic and a discussion to have, and also very relevant to Hakan himself, but also to me, and also to a lot of our audience. And so I believe that there's leaders in all of us. I believe that leadership skills can help you in all areas of your life. And if you implement these tools and resources, you can really make some uh, impacts in your life and for your team. And if you didn't get the message, guys, a lot of this is comes down to communication. A leader must have effective communication. They must be a communicator. They must be an advocate of communication, effective communication, open door communication, transparent communication. Because when there's a breakdown in communication, it's really hard for an organization, for any team really, and even any family. You can break this down to family. You know, communication is so necessary. When you don't have communication, that's when things go awry. And it's really hard to lead through change, um, to reach targets, to reach goals, to reach success, if you don't have this communication. So that is the underlying message that I caught on through the whole talk today. And I hope guys that you really found this useful. And if you did, I really would appreciate if you shared with your friends shared with your aspiring leaders. And if you really want to help me out, please leave a five-star rating. That will really help me out and get my message in front of more people so I can share 
messages like Hakan's to more and more people and help more and more people. That's my mission. That's my goal. And I appreciate all you guys for tuning in with me and following my journey, all of our journeys really as we grow and as we grow and develop. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Hakan, for being on the show once again and look forward to the next two parts of this three-part series. Remember, you can go to my website, hello my name is josh.com. That's hello my name is josh.com. There you can find all my episodes, all archived for your listening pleasure. You can also learn more about me and my books as well. If you have any questions for me or my guests on the show, or wanting to be a guest on the show, you can email me at josh at hello my name is josh.com. That's josh at hello my name is josh.com. Also, guys, you can listen to me wherever you like to go to listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and so much more. As always, everybody, thank you again. And until next time, I'll talk to you later.